0: to the Online for Authors podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Palmer. This week, my featured guest is Rick Blywise, an award winning author and publishing executive. Pinion Scorpion. On? Oh, no, no, no. Rick Blywise. Yes, indeed.
1: Well, you can call me Scorpion if you want.
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Oh, really good. Really good. So, two books.
1: Well, actually, if you include Hotel California and my story in there, it's three books.
0: It counts, but two in the same series. That's fantastic. Yep. And you're busy, busy, busy marketing away, hey? Yes, I certainly am. This background behind you is always just a delight to see. This is your office, is it?
1: Yes, it is. This is uh, one of the wall's in my office and there are other walls that have other plaques and things as well.
0: It's a nice background for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Your launch date is, I mean, you're full in uh, promote before you publish mode, which I absolutely love.
1: (laughs) It's interesting though, because there have been some, um, some articles written uh, recently about the first Scorpion book and it is having a resurgence on amazon right now.
0: Well and so it should. I mean you you have an anniversary. It, the fact that you have a launch coming out on the anniversary of the first. Yeah. Right? <laughs> did you time that that way?
1: No the publisher did. <laughs> Blackstone did. <laughs>
0: Oh, just a second. <laughs> There's a, What's the gray area there between you and the publisher?
1: The gray area is that I'm not the one that acquired this book for Blackstone. And I'm not the one who's leading the charge on it, if you will. In fact, I'm trying to kind of be a little more mellow behind the scenes because I have to work with the people I work with, and I don't want to annoy them as an author.
0: Oh, how kind of you. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> And, and and to be honest, they're probably like over the moon that it's you that get to do all this for.
1: Some of them are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Thank you very much for getting a copy of your book to me before we got to actually sit down and do this because uh, you gave me the opportunity to take in the content. Uh, you know, I loved the first one, Yes, but in the first interview I did not have the opportunity to read the book before I got to speak to you. So I no. like that they're different. They are different in our, <laughs> and I like that our interviews are different because those elements, right? Yes. Totally. So Murder in Haxford. why did you pick Haxford? <laughs> okay, so
1: you mean as the name of a town?
0: Yeah, the setting, yeah.
1: Okay, well, you know, Haxford is fictitious. It is not a real town. Gosh, you know, the way I write, you know, being kind of a pantser and having these things just play out in my brain, you know, it, it, it writes itself inside of me. A, 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 a friend of mine used that, uh, who's a writer, author used that phrase. And and it's absolutely appropriate. So I saw the town in my mind. And I'm going, okay, well, do I want to try to set this in a real town, or fictitious? And I went, well, it's a fictitious book, there are some real elements, you know, some historical accuracies in it, for sure. But let me go and create a fictitious town. So what I did was, I got a list of the name of every single town in England. And um, then I started looking at uh, possible offshoots of some of them, you know, taking Bridge or Ford or, you know, Shire. And then I found out that a Shire is like a county. So no town is named Shire a county what would be a county in the United States would be a shire. It's because originally I had the, the town named Abbotshire and then I went wrong. Wow. It's not a county. It's a town. It's a market town. And I uh, I just started coming up with names uh, that the neighboring town Brookdale doesn't exist in England either. And wow. I just, I wrote out lists of possible names and, I liked Hacksford.
0: I love it. And, and your creativity behind it. Thank you for sharing that story. The playground you got to be in. Yeah. To create it. Yes. Like you light up. but You, <laughs> you just light up. <laughs> and you can see it and feel it in the writing.
1: Well, thank you. Do you yeah. know, I, I've been very pleased because like Publishers Weekly has given it a really nice review and they called it charming and a lot of fun and you know I'm, I'm that's kind of that's what i hope for i don't write these books to be the greatest literature ever written you know that i'm not the greatest writer ever living and i don't write them to be fine literature i mm. write them to give people pleasure to give people an escape from the stresses of of the, their daily lives in today's society and if people find them fun and enjoyable and like the mysteries and the characters that's exactly what I'm aiming for.
0: Yeah, very much so. And I, I like you've kept some of the characters from the last book and brought in some new ones. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you have it in your mind already with what you're writing or if you're already writing the third one.
1: Well, shall I give you a sneak preview into the third one?
0: We can do that. I would love to.
1: Well, well no, what I, I will give you an idea of what the plot, the, f- the main, main mystery plots are. Oh, um, oh please. <laughs> yes. Um well there are, there are gonna be two of them in the book and maybe more, uh, but certainly I know of two because I've started writing them already. And the first one is about a young woman who is a magician and oh. she performs a feat that even Harry Houdini, and he's in he's gonna be in the book, Woo! can't can't figure out. But while she's doing all of the her performances of magic, there are crimes that are committed in every town she goes to. But it's impossible for her to be in two places at once. So that's one of the crimes right. and mysteries, I should say. And the other one has to do with a man who dies but comes back to life. Not supernaturally. I mean... it. And he writes a book about his experiences with a near-death experience. And by the way, I did research, and they did have near-death experiences back in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s. So it existed. And he writes a book about it. And something happens to him because of that. Oh. Uh, that becomes that becomes something Scorpion has to solve.
0: Wow in your first book and your second book you definitely have like ch- a couple of different storylines that merge together I- i'm getting a sense that your third book is going in the same direction
1: that i'm a pantser i don't outline things or bullet point them or put sticky notes on a wall and you know like that um occasionally write some notes out here and there mm-hmm. in, in some instances i actually don't know what the plot is going to be or the mystery is going to be. And I, and I just see it in my head and I start writing it. The only thing I really know is here's what I want the mystery to be. Here's what the crime is, but I don't know who committed it. I don't know how it was committed. I don't know how Scorpion and his gang are going to figure out who did, who was the perpetrator in general. I just kind of start writing and seeing and it all unfurls in front of me. And in in the case of this uh, third book, the the magician one, I just thought it'd be very cool to do a story about a magician. I love magicians. So be cool (laughs) to do a story about a magician that has the greatest magic trick ever, but there's crimes associated with it. And then the, the other one actually came to me, um, in my mind, but it was because there's a book that I wrote, read, not wrote. I wish I wrote it uh, many years ago um, called Many Lives, Many Masters. And it's a nonfiction yeah. book. You, you love that yeah. book? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, the second crime in the Scorpion book is kind of based on that book. Oh, wow. Okay. In other words, what I did is I took the concept of what I forget the the the, man, the doctor the psychiatrist who wrote that um, and Brian, some but anyway, Weiss. So I,
0: um, Weiss it, right,
1: yeah. Weiss Brian Weiss. Yes, Weiss.
0: So I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's
1: okay. I might have pronounced it wrong. Who knows? But um, belai <laughs> Weiss, and he's Weiss, so I think it's probably. But anyway, so I I kind of like thought, well, wouldn't it kind of be cool to do a fictionalized imagining of what that book claimed happened in real life mm-hmm. under different circumstances and that was kind of the genesis of that second story in the third book as far as the murder in haxford book goes there are two major crimes in there also the uh, as you know the balloonist who gets shot uh, apparently while up in the air alone in the balloon and um, a moneylender who dies while getting his hair cut. And those just, those just appeared inside of me. I didn't, I didn't have an idea for either of those. They just, boom, they were there and I started writing them.
0: Wow. I, and I love how they come to you. I, I, it, like it, when I said savory delight to read, I meant it. Like it was so juicy, and full it really like a meal absolutely yeah and fun absolutely and I love what you did with the reviews I love how you got those out there I think that's fantastic but fun who done it that takes the reader back in time definitely what you did with the motor cars I don't want to give it all away like I don't want to give anything away but you definitely did your homework
1: And I did a lot of homework, you're right, on both books. In order for people to believe it, if you will, buy into the concept, the historical aspects had to be factual. I mean, you know, nobody's going to believe it if they don't believe the setting, the time frame, etc. The clothing. I mean, I had to research everything to make sure I got right what went on in 1910
0: well especially with the character that you created in pinion scorpion because I mean he's got some class this fella you know <laughs> <laughs> and he's way ahead of his time when it comes to fashion
1: yes that that was in, that, that that showed up in my brain and then i ju- i must say I kind of expanded on it to make sure that he was an absolute dandy fashion plate. <laughs>
0: Dandy yeah oh my yeah and he's fun with it Uh, you know and I like the fun that you're having with it you know it feels like this is and has been and continues to be a huge playground and there's so much fun and joy in it for you.
1: Well thank you and it is and you know when I I enjoy going into my mind and meeting these characters I do. <laughs> me, you know, I mean, it's it's like having a second set of friends in a second universe, if you will.
0: Well, and I bet there's some censor- censorship that has to happen, too, because, <laughs> I mean, you can't share it all with us. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have so, enough pages.
1: <laughs> but let's put it this way. I make sure the door to Scorpion and Thelma's room is closed when they're together. <laughs>
0: That could be a whole different series. Yes, it could be. (laughs) And maybe they don't even have to have the same names, you know?
1: I know. Actually, I've written part of the third book out of sequence because, again, it came to me and I said, oh, this is too good. I got to capture it. And it's it's really, it's about some parts of chapters about uh, Thelma's, uh, I would say, adventures being a suffragette in that era. And so I've got part of that written already Um, because yeah, I want to flesh the characters out as I go along through book through book. I want each book to be able to be a standalone, but at the same time, I want character development and backgrounds to be exploited and and explained book by book in greater depth.
0: And I love it because I am getting to know them better, you know, as I read. I mean, I know more about Pinion than I did in the first book. And I know more about Thelma than I did in the first book. And I guess in the third book, we're going to learn a lot more about Thelma. Um,
1: The
0: the characters are also, I'm not talking about character development so much as the nature of the character in the book. They're mature. Yes. You know, so definitely there's some history before they came into each other's space.
1: Right. Right.
0: And you yes. get play with that now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's part of, you know, like with uh, his uh, Scorpion's ex-wife, Catherine, uh, and, uh, you know, with others. I'm trying, yes, I'm trying to bring in their outside uh, interests and backgrounds. Yeah. And by the way, thank you for your wonderful uh, comments and uh, review and endorsement of the book. I really appreciate that. It was beautifully written.
0: Oh, it's so happy to. I, I mean, it's like, okay, what can I share with Rick about this book? And it was like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and then I had to go back and edit it. And I'm going, that's just too much. <laughs> but it, it's great. You know, I mean, I know that The full review's not out there, but the the bits are. But I I do intend to get that review out there on your behalf. Uh, also. So I know I've sent it to you, and you've done some work on social media, and you have such a great presence on social media. You are out there doing um, all kinds of things, not just related to your book either. So, you know, I like I think like that you're you're out there and, and you're doing it and whether or not you're getting help with that, it, it doesn't matter. It's getting done. So right. online presence really matters from the point of view of an author.
1: It, it, it absolutely does, especially in today's day and age. I think the author that does not get involved in social media is handicapping themselves. And I, I think you have to. If you don't, there's this whole audience you're missing. I don't know how else to put it.
0: Very much so. With yours, are you concentrating on those really interested in kind of the detective mystery and the whodunits and the historical research type of fiction?
1: Well, they're certainly part of what I'm I'm focusing on, and and the followers that I have, and the the, you know the people I'm connected with on social media, but not only. Uh, them, You know, I mean, certainly they'd be a, a, a more, uh, I guess, prime audience to buy the book and enjoy it. But I think, you know, I, I, I'm going to expand the answer. A, a, um, a friend of mine has a 15 year old son and he he reads, but he's not an avid reader. And um, because she and he know me, he asked to read my the first book. Length. And he read the first book, and he loved. He read it in one night. Loved <laughs> it so much, he asked when the second book would come out. So I gave him a copy of the advanced reading copy of the second book. He devoured that in less than one night, and asked me when the third book is coming out. That <laughs> was a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. 15 so I, I kind of look at it that there could be a wide audience for this book. There's no graphic violence in these books. There's no heavy sex. These are perfect, not just for adults, but for YA. And, you know, I mean, I think anybody that likes a good classic or cozy kind of mystery will enjoy these books, no matter what their age is. And that's who I want to engage with people who want to have fun
0: while they're reading. Well, and they'll have fun engaging with you too, Rick. I mean, you're just a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, we've ta- I mean we can go into your background too if we'd like but I mean we did that pretty much in the in the last interview so I, I really want to capture more of what you want to share here about your adventures as a writer this book specifically because it's you are in your heavy launch time and and what's coming next.
1: Well, let's see. I can answer what's coming next. Let me start with what's coming next. Is sure. it okay to go
0: backwards? <laughs> I can do all kinds of fancy editing, don't you worry.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, so what's coming next are I am writing the third Scorpion book. The, you know, I, I had a story in the Hotel California mystery anthology featuring a different character that I wrote contemporary named Walker. Uh, this um, premier New York City hitman who has a hit put on his life. And he escapes to Hawaii. And then there's a cat and mouse game in Hawaii of the hit person sent after him, who's going to get who. So that's the story in that book. And that book, Hotel California, is the first in what would be a series of anthologies in the music, murder, and mystery series of anthologies the next one's going to be thriller, and I have another Walker story in there. The one after that is going to be Back in Black, the, based on oh. the ACDC album, and I have a story in there. And the, the the next one after that, which we haven't started on yet, is going to be Bad Out of Hell. So, wow. so, so anyway, so so I'm I, I'm working on those, although many of those are written. I am writing a business book on. How, based on my many years I, between the music industry and the and the publishing industry i mean, I've been in, you know an executive, et cetera, for probably fifty years. Yeah. so I've gained a pretty good wealth of knowledge, and I have a particular management and leadership style that I believe in and have tried to do my whole life, so i'm I'm writing a business book on um, how to be a great leader and maximize profits and people at the same time.
0: Oh, Uh, I want to see that book. (laughs) Definitely. We definitely want to see it. I I can see that there's going to be a few more interviews for you and I.
1: Yeah, and I'm also writing my memoir. And and I am writing a book um, that is about a crusty old 80-some-odd-year-old guy who's ex-military and he drives his daughter and her and son-in-law crazy living with them, so they put him against his will in like a senior retirement home. Uh-oh. <laughs> and no. And what happens is that um, he finds out that a group of youths are harassing the residents of the home, so he teaches all of them how to defend themselves. So it's sort of like a cross between Home Alone. Cocoon and the Karate Kid and the Best (laughs) Marigold Hotel. And it's kind of a feel, it's going to be a feel good book, you know, about a group of seniors besting a group of teens
0: in a fun way. And who are you pitching it to for the movie rights? (laughs) (laughs) i serious.
1: I said first I have to finish the book.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. It wouldn't be the first time a movie was actually bought. The right movie was bought on a an outline, right? But yeah, my um actually my
1: agent and I are putting together a proposal. I've got a few chapters written. I've got all the characters fleshed out. So, you know, maybe maybe we will be doing that. In fact, we're meeting uh we're gonna be discussing it.
0: Nice, nice. I like that so much.
1: So that's kind of what's coming up. Um, I've also got a prequel for Scorpion from before he came to Haxford. That's
0: fully written, and I just haven't decided
1: what to do with it yet.
0: Oh, so has anybody pitched you on the idea of first free in series?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes, and, and that's possible. I, I may do that. I might incorporate it in the third book as a flashback. I haven't decided yet exactly what I want to do with it.
0: Okay. So speaking of deciding what you want to do, yes, you I don't, don't have to do this. You don't have to write. No. You have a career, a long career behind you that you really don't have to do anything if you don't want to.
1: That is true. But I want to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What keeps coming? Well,
1: uh, boredom is one thing.
0: <laughs> and, I imagine you've been bored a day
1: in your life. <laughs> well, you know, when I left the music industry in two thousand two, I ostensibly retired, and that's when I moved here to Ashland, Oregon. Right. And I did get bored because oh. I I wasn't doing anything, <laughs> and. So I joined the boards of directors of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the film festival, the food bank, the university, the president's council. And I figured I would fill my time doing that kind of nonprofit work. And I did it for 10 years. And and while I was doing that, I also joined a writer's group, a local writer's group here and started writing my first fiction because I had written nonfiction before that only. And then I just realized this wasn't fulfilling enough. I had all this information and all this energy built up from my life and it was going to waste and it was going to die with me. So I was fortunate that I got introduced to Blackstone and I've been working with them ever since. And I, I love it. And it, it keeps me vital and it keeps me alive. Writing does the same thing. I, I've, i I've just always written. I like writing. And uh, but I've always done nonfiction writing, newspaper, magazine, columns wow. and articles, things like that. Um, and but now I enjoy fiction, too, very much. So it's just really it's doing what I enjoy doing. It does, You know, if you I, I've told my kids, my sons, I told them when they were younger, if you work at what your passion is, it will feel less like work and more like fun. That to me is working at Blackstone and writing are fun. They're, they're not work. It is work, but it's not work. It's fun.
0: It's fun work. Yeah, I, like I was going to say, what what do you do when you're not working? But if you don't feel like you're working, it, you know you do still need to take care of yourself and take breaks, you know. And uh, but I, I, a lot of writers that I've met, as soon as they take a break. Their mind takes over; the, char- <laughs> the characters become all-consuming. So it is like, when do you sleep? <laughs>
1: no, I, I, no. I, I must say, I I devote consciously devote a, a number of hours of every day to exercise, you know, health, and wellness, to meditation mm. and manifestation, meditation and manifestation and also to uh, watching television, movies, and playing video games. Not 'em up video games, but word games, number games. I I find that relaxing. A, a good friend of mine is a psychologist, and he specializes in biofeedback. Oh. And so many years ago, he hooked me up to his biofeedback machine, and what he told me after I did this session with him, he said, you are more relaxed when you're problem-solving than when you're trying to relax.
0: Ah. I get it.
1: So that's me.
0: I get it. So what a what a treat, though, to be hooked up to a biofeedback machine and get this, like, just handed to you. <laughs> I know.
1: Very cool. He used to be the lead singer in a band that I was the guitarist in, and then he became... He became a psychologist, and I went on to stay in the music industry at that point. So,
0: what was the name of the band?
1: Uh, the Bold Deceivers.
0: <laughs> so, what music did you play?
1: Oh, <laughs> Which genre were you? Oh, it was total rock and roll. I mean, the, the, <laughs> as a musician, the only thing I ever played was rock and roll and R and B. And as a record producer, I, the most I produced was R and B music rhythm and blues
0: where where you were at in the time hey it was that was the music
1: and 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 yeah i mean it's a music form that i have simpatico towards i mean you know i love rock and roll i love the beatles but i also love otis redding and aretha franklin and you know al green and you know i mean the list is endless
0: classics absolute classics yeah Are you bringing more of the music into your books?
1: Only the memoir, because by definition, you know, it's got to have the music in it. But otherwise, no. I have brought music into the Scorpion books by talking about songs that people walked away singing and stuff like that, that were songs of the era. But not really any kind of a focus on music in any of my books, other than the memoir. But Your
0: first book launched like a blockbuster movie. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: what about this one a, li-
1: a little less blockbustery movie launchy um you know i mean uh, there is the video game already from the first book it's you know so i didn't need to do another another one there is um a there is a video uh trailer for the second book so that that's that's there am i am i going to do t-shirts again and all of that i don't know you know, right yeah. now I'm kind of focusing. I'm doing something a little different right now. I got invited um, by Hulu to participate in a beta streaming test um, of theirs, where I can advertise the the book on Hulu. Mm. Yeah. you know, and they're they're customizing it so you don't have to pay corporate rates, if you will. So I, I've had two different commercials made. And I'm about to launch both of them on streaming Hulu. So oh, know, wonderful. I, I'm trying different things. Why not? You don't know what the future is going to be. So let's try to create it now.
0: Well, I just love, like, there is so much creativity because I, I, you were the first person I'd ever known of that created an app with their book launch. Okay. That's nice. Have you heard of too many who have done an app with their book? No. no. Right. So, and, you know, the next one is, okay, what's Rick up to this time, <laughs> you know? So it's it's nice to catch up with you. It's nice to learn what's going on. It's a joy to read everything you write. So anything you want to send my way, by all means, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to receive. Definitely looking forward to the anthologies uh, more in the, that series because, man, thriller. Back in Black, I just even the names <laughs> they say a lot. They say a lot. Hotel California says a lot, you know. Uh, and then your memoir, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I you know with the with the anthologies, the mystery anthologies. You know, I am the uh, <laughs> least successful writer in all of them, and I'm not in, for a moment downplaying my success. But the other authors who are writing stories in those books are Jeffrey Deaver, Andrew Child, who's contributing three new Reacher stories, Heather Graham, Amanda Flower, I mean, John Gilstrap, Reed Farrell Coleman. There, you know, I'm forgetting people who I shouldn't forget, but it's amazing company to be part of.
0: No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, Andrew Child.
1: Andrew and I have kind of become friendly. I like him a lot. I like all of them. I love Heather Graham. I love Catherine Coulter. I mean, all the people I'm meeting, it's like their names I've heard. And when I meet them in person, they're just such nice people.
0: Don't you love that? Uh, (laughs) That's the best part of, you know, and I'm not a big emulated celebrity type person. I, I believe that we all, each individual has you know, their own famous vein, you know, we're all, we all have our gift to give and, and worthy conversation to have, but it is, it's quite a treat and it's quite surprising sometimes, you know, when somebody who's got so much fame and credibility around them to see how down to earth they actually are.
1: And, and I will tell you, having worked in the music industry
0: mm-hmm.
1: where there were a lot of prima donnas, it's kind of, a little refreshing that that the majority, the vast, vast majority of successful authors that I've been meeting are the antithesis of that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Two, your nonfiction book, A Wealth of Knowledge in Leadership. Absolutely. So when can we expect this book?
1: Well, I don't know when you can expect it because my agent is about to go out with the the first, I think, 14 chapters and uh the the rest of the proposal for the book to publishers shortly um so it's going to be a you know a matter of who who likes it who offers on it and when it'll come out um but i'm 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 probably uh 40 percent of the way done writing it and i in this particular case I've outlined every single thing this this is not a pantser book. this is a <laughs> here's sound business principles, sound leadership principles that I've encountered in my life and my career and and done myself, and so like this one had to be not pants but really on the money. so I've got it laid out. It will be written very quickly
0: yeah, so Blackstone's not publishing because they're fiction no Thank no you. no they they might um oh
1: oh no no um when my agent went out with um the first scorpion book she went out wide with it and got multiple offers you know who offers from multiple publishers including blackstone well blackstone's where i wanted to be and so i was really glad that you know josh stan who's the ceo and hayla williams who was the acquisitions person that read it and said let's Let's do this. Yeah. I'm glad that they wanted to because I wanted to be with them. As far as the business book goes, I'm sure that they will be in the mix as well. I mean, I've had nothing but the greatest experience at Blackstone with with the, these two books and the Hotel California book. I mean, you know, I it, I think if every publisher was like them. We'd have a better publishing industry, but <laughs> my opinion, and I'm prejudiced, so I, was <laughs> up front. Uh, I don't know where the business book will end up, and it might end up at, at Blackstone. We're doing more and more and more uh, nonfiction these days, quite a bit. So okay. uh, it, in fact, could could very well end up there or not. I mean, it depends whether they think it's worth publishing or not. Yeah. Or who else says, oh, I've got a million dollars to hand you. You know, <laughs> I don't think that'll happen.
0: You know, you got a dream. <laughs> hey, you know, there's 50 years worth of knowledge there, at least, right? So, yep. so great to have you join me today. Thank you so very much. I appreciate being an advanced reader and being able to get that inside dirt from you again and, and be somewhat helpful in in sharing it.
1: Well, you certainly are. And you'll you'll be an advanced reader on everything I write if you want to be.
0: Sign me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're signed up. <laughs> thank you for having me on again. And it's always a pleasure. And I'm a huge fan of yours, too. So also, it's mutual Trust me. Thank you. Oh, that <laughs> means so much. Absolutely. And you're really good at what you do. I've got to tell you. And you've learned things in this interview that nobody else has ever asked me or learned. So it's very cool.
0: So we're going to share it exclusively. That's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again very much for being a guest of Online for Authors. I look forward so very much to everything that's coming up for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your help. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you, Visibility Pod, for all your services and management of our podcast.